pitch. Um, before we get into the message, I would like uh, to kind of piggyback on what David's saying uh, concerning the network. Um, obviously, the network has a lot of things we would like to see happen, uh, but the primary thing is uh, it was brought into existence for church planting. We now have five churches in the network. And um, one of the things I'm realizing more and more as we uh, meet and pray uh, is that um, church planting uh, is as supernatural as salvation. It's, it's a work of God. And now we can give of ourselves, we can surrender to the Lord's purpose and process, but this is something that God does. He puts the call in a person's heart, he puts the call in a group of people's heart to join in, gives them direction as to where to uh, establish themselves, and then uh, begins to draw people in to that uh, gathering. So uh, one of the things that we, we see as a part of the network is to see this community transformed by the supernatural grace of God and we feel that if we can establish a number of beachheads throughout the community in terms of church plants, uh, we, could, we could see that happen in unusual ways. We, we believe as, as a network uh, in the same values, all of our churches believe in the same values, we're committed to those values, but we also believe that God has different expressions of how a church should show itself, uh, minister, transform an area. Uh, and that has to do with the grid of people that make it up, the giftings that are a part of that. So all of our churches are different, and we celebrate that. We don't want to clone, you know, we're not trying to uh, have a cookie-cutting church that we say this is what it all looked like. We want the people in the area where they are to hear the Lord and go after what he's telling them to do. So obviously Riverstone looks different than Stonebridge, Stonebridge different than Vintage. All these churches are different, and we believe that's a sign of the Holy Spirit working in us as communities to give us direction and vision for how we are to affect this area. And I'm grateful for what God's doing in Stonebridge and your commitment to the square and kind of the epicenter of Marietta itself. And um, I wanted to pray this morning before uh, we go into the message uh, that God would raise up uh, some more churches uh, through the network to uh, fulfill this vision that God has given us. Again, this has to be a work of God. It's not going to happen by leveraging uh, human willpower to it. Uh, this is uh, the grace of God working in us in a people, as a people. So uh, the place to begin in that is to believe for it. And so I want us to believe together this morning. So we're going to pray uh, that God would do that in this coming year, in the, in the coming years, surprise us with the way he does it, with the maybe uh, people and persons and places that we're not even thinking of. Uh, I would say this, and I, I was talking to someone after the service, the morning, the earlier service, that there are people sitting in darkness in our communities that will not come to the Lord except that a community of faith is established near them. And uh, that's why it's essential. Church planning is the most effective way of evangelism, and so we want to keep planting churches to reach these, these places of darkness and bring transformation and light into that area through the grace of Jesus. So we're going to pray uh, and then pray for the message as well that God will lead us in this time together. Let me have you stand with me as we, as we pray.
Father, we, uh, we come to you this morning. I'm grateful for this body of believers here and what you're doing in Stonebridge and through David's leadership. Uh, we, I, I just want to pray blessing upon these people, Lord, that your full grace would flow through them in the coming days. Uh, Lord, we also want to bring to you our, our desire to see uh, new churches, new church plants, new church planters coming together, Lord, to establish works throughout this community. Lord, we need you, your help in this. We, we need you to move on our behalf to bring this about. And so, uh, Father, we're asking you in the mighty name of Jesus to release into this community new churches, fresh works, Lord, to reach new areas and new, uh, new people that we're not reaching yet. So we ask, Father, that you would do this. We pray for your Holy Spirit to stir people's hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, move upon not just those who would lead these works, but those who would join into them to, uh, to support them. We ask, Lord, that even this coming year, we'd be surprised by the number of people that respond because they're hearing your voice. So, Lord, we, we ask you, move. Move on behalf of this community. May your name be exalted over this community. And we pray, Lord, for a mighty uh, revival uh, of, uh, that sweeps through this community through many, many different churches. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I, I didn't pray for the message, but God bless the message. <laughs> um, if you would, uh, turn to uh, Ezekiel 47, great Old Testament picture of... The coming temple that I would say is a picture of uh, the temple during the reign of crisis. A, a lot of the, the imagery in this is, uh, in a sense, symbolic, particularly of the river, speaking of the influence of Jesus uh, out, of, uh, out of this uh, epicenter in the earth to uh, bring the earth to himself. Uh, and so we, we pick up on this uh, prophetic vision of Ezekiel and Chapter 47, uh, beginning in verse 1, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He, th he then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand and now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, region and goes down into the Araba, where it enters the sea. And when it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Um, I want to uh, 
explore this passage by asking you guys a, a couple of questions here at the beginning. Uh, the first question is this, how active is the Holy Spirit in your life? And the second question is this, how active should the Holy Spirit be in your life? And to answer that, uh, two references I want to give you out of John's Gospel. Jesus is speaking and he says, whoever believes in me uh, in their inner being will well up, spring up this, this life, this life-giving water. And then later on he says, whoever believes in me out of their inner being shall flow rivers of living water. And John, uh, making commentary on that verse, uh, on those words of Jesus says, uh, thus he spoke of the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given. So in other words, John is saying this imagery of this uh, well springing up within us and the imagery of the river flowing out of us is imagery uh, of the Holy Spirit moving up through our lives, out of our lives, and through the community. Now, in this passage out of Ezekiel, we have this prophetic image of a time on earth where the Spirit is flowing in such power that it's moving out from the epicenter of Jesus' influence upon the earth as he reigns over the earth to bring life to those dead areas. And one of the ways that that's shown is the river flows into the Dead Sea that is completely lifeless and brings life, living creatures in that sea. This, Paul says that we as believers are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So this temple, this vision of the temple that we see in Ezekiel, in a sense, is foreshadowed by our life as believers in Jesus. Matter of fact, I think that's what Jesus was saying. He said, if you believe in me, then what will eventually happen in the earth as I prepare it for the new creation by this flow of my influence out across the earth through my spirit. This will happen in your life. You will foreshadow this as believers. You are to be a walking prophetic statement of what Jesus is going to do on the earth when he returns. Your life as a believer in Jesus is a foreshadowing of the great influence of Jesus' spirit over the earth that the Spirit of God springs up within us and flows out of us in this particular way. Uh, now, some of you might say, well, you know, I, I don't know if I have a river of the Spirit flowing out of it. I may have a creek, or, uh, maybe I got a little uh, stream, or, or maybe every now and then you say, you know, the Spirit kind of seeps up through a lot of stuff and makes himself known, but it's not this kind of turbulent, fast-flowing, uh, whitewater expression of the Spirit that you read here in this passage. So, uh, so what's the deal? Uh, this morning I want to talk about what I would say are the signs of the Spirit's flowing in our life and ask yourself, how strong is this in my own life? Uh, am I seeing the witness of the Spirit's work at the level that the Scripture indicates? And if not, why not? So the first sign, I would say, uh, that we would see in our life if the river of the Spirit is truly flowing is the, the sign of God's presence or the presence of Jesus. You see, um, you need to understand, bottom line, we have an experiential faith. By that I mean we have a faith you can feel. Feel within. Because what's happening to you as a believer in Jesus 
is that by the Spirit, the very presence of Jesus is being imparted into your life. That's what Jesus meant when he said that this, this well is opened up and it springs up into your life. When you put your faith in Jesus, when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then there's a, there's a part of you that backs up to the supernatural world that was closed down because of sin. And in that moment of faith, God opens up your spirit, and the Spirit of God surges into you, ministering into your life the very presence of Jesus, the very presence of the Father, the reality of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is doing this. And I believe it's that kind of pulsating impartation of the Spirit that gives us the sense of God within. We, we experience Him. We experience His presence. Now, maybe for some of you, you say, well, you know, I, I, I can remember back in my life, maybe when I first came to Jesus, I experienced the Lord in that way, but over the years and over time, that's kind of diminished more and more, and it's just uh, the presence of the Lord doesn't have that kind of vibrancy that one time I knew when I first came to the Lord. So the question is, what's going on? Why, why, why is it at times in our life there's a, a diminishing effect of that, um, of that sense of God's presence being stirred up within us, springing up within us, welling up within us? Um, when, when Kathy and I uh, first started in ministry, I, was, uh, I had a four-point uh, charge. That means four churches uh, that I was pastoring in South Georgia, the little rural churches. We pastored those churches on the weekend while I attended Emory uh, during the week going to seminary. And I was so grateful for the simple life of these ordinary people in South Georgia uh, that saved my faith from a lot of the liberal teaching that I was getting at the seminary because I, I realized in these people their love for God and how that influenced me so much. And while we were there, one of the churches that was there was named Boiling Springs Methodist Church. And it was called that because back in the back part of the church, there was a spring that uh, was turbulent. It was so turbulent, it looked like it was boiling. And so they called the church Boiling Springs. But by the time we got there, I guess because of overgrowth and trash and it wasn't being cared for, people were no longer visiting the springs, and so it was not taken care of. Uh, you couldn't find the springs. It was just this big marsh out there. Now, they, they didn't change the name of the church to Stagnant Pond United Methodist Church. It was still Boiling Springs, maybe as a statement for what was once there, but no longer there. And, and that's what I would say to some of you. The Lord's really been speaking to me about this recently in my own life. Uh, he's saying that you have to be careful. You have to guard this great blessing that has been given to us in our redemption, which is the, the presence of the Lord within us. That if we're not careful as we're living our life, stuff happens, we sin, we get angry, we get bitter, we're sinned against, um, we worry, we fear, we have patterns in our life that we're not we're not dealing with, and these patterns are choking out the flow of God's presence at the level uh, that we once knew. I'm not saying that God is no longer in us. I'm just saying he has to kind of push up through all this junk that we've allowed to grow over the boiling springs of his presence 
so that we're no longer seeing this turbulent and no longer experiencing this turbulent inner witness of God within us, that he's there, that he loves us, that he's ministering his love into us. Uh, a number of years ago, we went back to Boiling Springs, and they had cleaned up the springs, and they not only cleaned it up, but they put a little shelter down there with uh, a bench where you could kind of go down and enjoy the springs. And, and to me, when I, when I think of that, it's a, it's a prophetic witness of what we ought to do. <laughs> you see, I think one of the reasons this sense of God's presence gets diminished and clogged up is because we are not vigilant and we're not committed to daily go down to the springs and engage the Lord's presence. And while we're there to say to him, just even worship, I was thinking of this. I, I, I can almost visualize Jesus sitting with me at the springs and without even saying a word, Jesus kind of points over there and says, you need to take care of that or it's going to grow up, going to clog things, you know. We need, to, we need to say, God, this is so important to me. Every day I want to engage your presence. I want to engage you, Jesus, in my life, in worship and adoration and communion. And you show me, Lord, show me anything in my life that's, that's coming in, that's beginning to affect the free, powerful flow of your presence within me. Some of you here today, you know, maybe it's been a long time since you've gone down to the springs. I would encourage you to say, to understand that this is the most important reality in your life. I, I was, in the earlier service, I was saying, you know, we live in a culture of interruptions. And if you don't believe that, the next time you're in a restaurant, look at how many people are on their iPhones. An iPhone represents interruptions. We live in a culture that's building interruption into our life. We're, we're learning how to live with interruptions so much so that if the interruptions are not happening, we don't feel like we're living. <laughs> and, and I want to say to you, one of the things you've got to guard in this culture that can choke out the work of God in your life is the boiling springs. Go to the springs every day. Say, Lord, I... I've got to have this time with you. I've got to have this time in your presence. I've got to connect with you. Because if, if this spring is not turbulent within me, then I'm missing the greatest benefit of my salvation, which is knowing your presence within me. So I encourage you in that. Lord, help me. Help me open up the springs. Help me to, to believe you for a greater flow of your work and spirit in my life in that way. So presence is one thing. One of the activities of the Holy Spirit, he, he imparts into us in these surges of love the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Father, his presence of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, is, is ministered into our life. One of the great wonders of what God has done in us. The second thing is this, power. If you look at the passage of, uh, uh, in Ezekiel, you notice that the river flows out of the temple and it's a supernatural river, and the, the reason we know it's a supernatural river is because the further it goes, instead of diminishing, it becomes more powerful, stronger. There are no tributaries flowing into it to indicate that it's being fed to become bigger and bigger. It's just the nature of the river, the further it flows, the stronger it becomes. And it, it becomes this powerful, surging river that when it strikes 
those areas, the Dead Sea, it brings the Dead Sea to life. Now what that's saying to me, and, and particularly in relationship when Jesus says, out of your inner being will flow rivers of living water, is that through your life, the Spirit of God can flow to bring life to the Dead Seas around you. Where people are hurting. Spirit of God can flow to bring salvation, to bring healing, to bring encouragement, to bring fullness, to bring uh, revelation into people's life, that you are a steward of this great river of God as the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God should be flowing out of our life to touch other people. The question is, why is that not happening? Why, why do we not see the Spirit of God flowing out of us? Um, I think for two reasons. Uh, that it, we, Maybe we see it, but we don't see it at the level that we want to see it, or we don't see it at the level that we hear testimonies about or whatever. And uh, I think two things are going on. One is, we don't believe that the Spirit of God can do that. I think one of the great damages that has happened to the church is the whole issue of kind of uh, entertainment Christianity, TV personalities that are doing ministry on television, on stages, whether it's on TV or whether it's in a stage, some kind of extraordinary person who gets up and does ministry in the Holy Spirit, and what that causes us to believe and to think is, well, that's not for me, that's for the extraordinary person. I believe that God wants to do a work among our churches that are not among the extraordinary people, but the ordinary people. I believe the next revival is a revival of humility, not where someone takes the work of God and tries to elevate themselves but someone takes the work of God and simply pours themselves into other people. Maybe not known by anybody. You see, for every great or every TV show that you can watch that shows an extraordinary ministry, let me say, for every one of those, there are countless thousands of believers across the earth that you'll never know. Ordinary people, nameless, faithless people in villages across the earth that love Jesus and they're pouring their life into the community around them, and the accumulated effect of these ordinary people doing the ministry of the Spirit is far greater than any TV personality. So if somehow you've bought into this American Christianity that the work of the Spirit is for the, the famous or the extraordinary, you need to understand that is, that is a, a, a lie in the American church. The work of the Spirit is for us as the body of Christ. You, as a believer in Jesus, this is what Jesus said. If you believe in me, these rivers of living water will flow out of you. It's a promise. So if you believe in Jesus, this can happen in you. Yeah, it'll look different, look different than the person sitting next to you because you have your own grid of gifts and personality out of which God will flow. But I think a lot of times we're we're not going with the Spirit or we're not believing the Spirit can flow through us because we have these ideas of what that looks like because we're playing off of somebody else instead of really saying, okay, God, I am a genuine believer in Jesus with my personality, with my makeup. How does your Spirit flow through me and help me to get into that flow?
That's one thing. Believe it. Believe it. The other thing is connect with the Dead Seas. Connect with the people around you in faith, believing that the Spirit of God can use you to bring blessing into their life. Whether it's with a prophetic word or praying for the sick or whether it's witnessing, whether it's encouraging or giving or blessing, there are so many ways that the Spirit of God can minister through us if we're sensitive to that and we connect with people. I remember uh, one time early in my ministry, I was at a prayer conference and I had this uh, vision uh, during prayer of, uh, it was this big cavern and there was, it was open at one end, light was coming in, it was beautiful, there was water in the cavern, real, real still, it was kind of almost like a, uh, a mirror, glassy, and you could look down through it and you could see all this beautiful color and shapes, and I was kind of fascinated with it, and I said, Lord, what is this? I felt like it was some kind of word he was giving me. And the, what I understood him to say was, this is my spirit within you. I said, well, it's beautiful. He said, well, it's beautiful, but it's not all I want. And I said, well, what do you want? And the next scene he showed me, instead of this glassy body of water in this cavern, there was this river moving through the cavern, splashing off the walls, white water churning everywhere. And God said, in you, I want my spirit to flow. I want my spirit to flow. You see... At that time in my life, I, was saying, I, I recognized the Spirit of God wasn't flowing in me. And so I would, look at, uh, I would look at Acts and I would hear testimonies of people where God was moving in them. And I said, Lord, if you would give me the flow of your Spirit, I'll begin to do those things, the things these people do, which is blessing people, praying for them, encouraging people. I, I'll, I'll begin to do that. You give me the flow of your Spirit and I'll do that. And God said, I got a better deal. You begin to do that, and I'll give you the flow of my spirit. You see, there is an obedience of connecting with the Dead Seas, and as we do that in faith, we begin to see the flow of the spirit. As a matter of fact, in this passage, as I mentioned earlier, the further the river goes, the stronger it becomes. And I think one of the reasons we don't see a strong flow of the spirit in our life is because we attempt to be used of the spirit Maybe nothing happens or it doesn't happen the way we thought it should or as spectacular as we thought it should, and we say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I would say, if you would give your life to a lifestyle of ministry, you're going to see greater and greater movement of the Spirit of life, uh, the Spirit of God through your life as you give yourself in that way. So uh, uh, connect and believe. Believe that the river can flow out of you, connect with those areas around you where you see need, and say, Lord, use me in this. Uh, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone here, but I believe you want to use me. And I, I would say that to you as a church, and I know you're exploring different areas and places in this community that you as a church can connect to. And I, to me, I'd love to see all of our churches kind of claiming areas, dead seas around this community, and we say, we are going to flow into this place until we see life. We're going to give ourselves to these people, to encourage them, to love them, to bless them, to believe with them, until we begin to see life come to that area of our community. So as a church, as individuals, connect 
connect in because Jesus promised that out of you shall flow rivers of living water. And then the third thing I think that this represents is, is his, is his um, holiness. That uh, the Spirit of God can flow through our minds so that we think as Jesus thinks. and He thought sacrificially. Flow through our wills that we choose as Jesus would choose. And he chose for God even over against his own self-interest. He can flow through our emotions so that we feel as Jesus felt. And what he felt was passion for the Father and compassion for the world. And I believe that God wants to make us like Jesus. And the way, the plan he has is by the flow of his spirit through us. Now, it doesn't mean that all of us are going to look like Jesus and we're all going to look the same because we all have our own personalities, our own makeup, our strengths and weaknesses. But what I'm saying is that through that grid of who you are, the Spirit of God can flow to begin to establish the character of Jesus in the mix of your life, and that those become the dominant characteristics. And one of the reasons I think that doesn't happen is, first of all, I'm not sure many believers have committed for that to happen. Have you ever said to the Lord, Lord, the highest honor of my life would be to see the presence of Jesus established within me, to see the character of Jesus as a part of my life. And I'm willing to surrender my own self-absorption, self-obsession, so that I can become absorbed in Jesus. In the early Wesleyan movement, That was an important part of entering into an experience of holiness, that a person would come to a place in their life and say to God, this is important, and I want it. I want the Spirit of God to do in me what only He can do, and that is to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And God, I'm saying to you, I surrender myself to this process, and I ask, Lord, that you make me more and more like Jesus. I think that's the first thing that we we intentionally make a decision in that direction and not just kind of play both worlds and say, well, yeah, I'm for Jesus and yeah, I'm for myself. I'm not saying you can't enjoy life and enjoy yourself and, and bless yourself in terms of life, but the issue is obsession. What has your heart? And if Jesus has your heart, then you're saying, Lord, Even if there are days when you say, I want you to choose for this, but you're going to have to choose against what you want, then I say to you, Lord, I'll choose for that as best I can. If you can help me by the Spirit, I want to give myself to that. And the second thing is, just as we as Spirit-filled believers specifically go for certain gifts to see gifts operate in our life, I would encourage you as a believer in Jesus Christ to specifically go for certain fruit of the Spirit to see those fruits reproduced in your life. For example, I was talking about the whole issue of uh, God saying, if you start doing this, I'll give you the flow. If you'll start doing supernatural ministry, I'll give you the flow of the Holy Spirit. I would say also, if you start doing the fruit of the Spirit, God will give you the flow of holiness. In other words, If you want to be more generous, then be generous. 
and say, Lord, I'm going to be generous just out of obedience to you, but I'm asking you, make this a part of who I am. Make me a generous person. Lord, I choose to be humble in this situation, but in doing so, I'm asking you to infuse into me the humility of Jesus, the faithfulness of Jesus, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord. These realities that we cannot manufacture, we can at least choose toward them, and in choosing toward them, believe that the Holy Spirit will impart into us greater measures of His grace so that we become more Christ-like. Be as intentional about the fruit as you are about the gift. And be intentional for the gifts as you are for His presence. There's an intentionality in our faith that brings greater activity of the Spirit in our life. But what we have to say is, these things are not just important, they're essential in terms of who I am as a believer in Jesus Christ. And I give myself to this life. One of the things I'm realizing is I live longer, is that the key to the Christian life is always wanting more. Never settling, never settling in, but saying, Lord, I want more of your activity, of your flow, of your life, of your presence, of your holiness in my life. And in this season of my life, wherever, whatever season you're in, say, Lord, I offer this season to you. Meet me. Meet me in the power of your spirit in this time. This morning, uh, we're going to go back into worship as we do. Let me encourage you, if, if God is speaking to you in any of these areas or maybe in something else, uh, even what David had mentioned about whether it's church planning or if you have need, physical need, like the migraine headache or any other physical need, uh, the, the ministry team will be down here to pray with you. But I just encourage you to today say, Lord, as a, as a prophetic sign of my believing that there will be greater activity of the Holy Spirit in my life, right now I'm going to show you greater activity by going and receiving uh, what you have for me in this time and believe you to meet me in that. So if, you, if you'd like to pray this morning. There'll be folks here who'd love to pray with you. Let's stand. Let me, let me pray for us as we get ready to worship. Lord, it's, uh, it's a reality that many times uh, we, we take for granted that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that your spirit within us ministers the wonders of your presence, the wonders of your love, the wonders of your power, and Lord, even the wonders of your holy nature. And uh, Lord, we want to welcome greater surges of your spirit within us, greater impartations of life. Not only welcome it, Lord, we want to choose for it. We want to give our lives to it every day. So, Lord, I, I want to pray for this body of believers. I thank you for them. I pray, Lord, that you would bring Stonebridge into a season of great outpouring of your love and presence among them as a people. And that the sweetness of your presence would be known in this place at a level that's, that's beyond anything they've experienced before. And that out of this place, out of this epicenter of Marietta, would flow rivers of living water into the square, into other areas to transform. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your faithfulness. Now flow strong 
here today. We pray in your holy name. you 